You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 61 of Take a Bow Podcast. I'm your host, Eli Tokash, and we have another very great interview today. An exciting episode, especially for me. I've been wanting to talk about a musical that is very dear to my heart, which is beginning their performances on October 25th. So that's very exciting. I cannot wait to see the show. I'm so glad that it's coming to New York. Um... I cannot wait for more people to hear and uh, be able to witness this beautiful story and this magical, magical musical that is Trevor. And today we have our first ever guest who's going to be in Trevor the Musical when it does appear off Broadway. And that guest is Luke Manicus, who is also someone who is very dear to me because he is kind of the one who just showed me the ropes of Broadway and figuring everything out. He was a pro already at the young age of 11 or 12, whatever age we were at the time. And uh, yeah, he was just showing me around and we talked a little bit about it in the episode, so I won't talk too much about it now. Needless to say, I'm very excited for this episode and very excited for you all to listen to it. Um, he's been in Pippin, he was in Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, he was in Matilda, He was, and now he's going to be in Trevor the Musical and he's currently at the University of Michigan. So he's doing all kinds of great things. He's a great, great performer, uh, great person, and uh, very excited for this episode. But before we turn it over to the episode itself in the interview portion, let's talk about some news, shall we? There's a lot of great things happening in the theater world. I want to start out this segment by congratulating Bryson Battle and Elena Holder, who are the 2021 Jimmy Award winners. That was, I don't know if anybody watched it, but what a beautiful event that was. And they totally were able to pull it off, even in this virtual setting. It's unfortunate that the young performers weren't able to do it on a Broadway stage, which is kind of like the wow factor behind the whole Jimmy Awards itself and just being on a Broadway stage for the first time and nonetheless performing in one of the biggest houses on Broadway. Uh, I talk about it in a upcoming episode that's going to be coming out next week with a Jimmy Award finalist. And he also explains how these kids also were able to do it on a stage. But nonetheless, after watching that wonderful event, I know a lot of them will be up on that stage soon enough. So uh, everyone was amazing. Congratulations to Bryson and Elena for winning. And uh, congratulations to all the performers and finalists, because just to even get there is a huge, huge honor. So Congratulations to everyone and Bryson and Elena. If you're listening, I'm sending out my congratulations. And uh, you guys are phenomenal, insanely talented. Uh, just your voices are just like unbelievable. I love it. It's just so good. And uh, I was so happy that they were able to pull it off in this virtual world that we're doing for the second time uh, in back to back years, which is so bizarre. But hopefully, next year, 
we'll be able to do it in person and on a Broadway stage. So very exciting stuff. I don't know if anybody has been following this Andrew Lloyd Webber saga out in the UK and the West End. Um, He is like doing a production of Cinderella. I've talked about it before on the podcast in this segment uh, in a previous episode. And um, he's doing a production of Cinderella out in the West End. But their opening night got like canceled due to COVID protocol and COVID precautions. And um, after that, like shortly after that, I believe, if not the same day, uh, he had come out and said that they will no, no longer be opening the show in the West End. And he made the decision that uh, after their opening night was canceled, that he, he was like, all right, we're canceling the whole production. I don't know what exactly happened. I don't know if someone in the cast got COVID and that kind of affected it. I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of all still coming out slowly and uh, I'll keep you all posted, but uh, it's very interesting just to, just to see that like, you know, you're opening a show and the day of opening it gets canceled and you've worked so hard on it. And now all of a sudden you're going to cancel the whole production. I don't know. It's uh, it's unfortunate uh, for of course, Andrew Lloyd Webber himself. And of course, everyone who uh, was a part of the show, the cast, the creative team, the producers, everyone, just everyone. It uh, It's very unfortunate. And uh, hopefully something is able to come out of it. Uh, something good, of course. Uh, maybe it reopens at a later date. Maybe it comes to the States. Maybe it goes somewhere else. I don't know. Uh, but hopefully something does come of it because I think, uh, I don't know, like a ver- another version of Cinderella, I think is kind of intriguing to me. And of course, Andrew Lloyd Webber's version, of course, is also very interesting because Andrew Lloyd Webber is one of the all time greatest musical theater writers. Uh, of Yeah. One of the and of course, because Andrew Lloyd Webber is one of the all time greatest composers and lyricists of our time. So uh it's going to be interesting to see what uh, what comes of it. Another thing that uh, I found very interesting and kind of surprising, but like when I saw it, I was like, oh, like not really surprising. I don't know. It was like a weird thing. But uh, Dervin Hansen's own Jordan Fisher is going to be appearing on tomorrow's episode of High School Musical, the musical, the series. So that show will now <laughs> feature... Three Evan Hansons in Andrew Barth Feldman, in Roman Banks, and Jordan Fisher. I mean, who's next? What do we think? I, okay, it's probably like, okay, who who do we have left? Ben, Taylor, Noah. Um, I feel like I'm missing a couple. And of course, like the tour at Evans and every, <laughs> all of the other Evans out there in the world. There's a lot of productions going on. Um, but I don't know, like, this is just an interesting topic and I don't know. I feel like this, they're kind of just like making a running joke of it. Maybe it's season two and they're just going to stop after season two. Maybe it's just the fact that they didn't even plan on doing dear Evan Hansen's and Jordan Fisher just happened to be an Evan Hansen, but he's also has that Disney background. So they brought him on. I don't know. But like, if I had to guess who the next Evan would be, I don't feel like it would be Ben unless, unless, he like played himself and was like, Oh, like I'm scouting someone for like my new music thing. And like, that's how like Nini or 
uh, Ricky graduates. I don't know. Um, but I feel like it would be like Taylor Loki. Like, I don't know. I feel like Taylor could totally be someone who's young enough looking to still play in a high school kid or uh, a sibling of some sort. I don't know. It would just be very interesting. I don't know if they're going to be like planning on seeing the next Evan Hansen, but I think it'd be fun if they just continued with the theme going on, especially because like it seems like I don't know if they're going to continue this North High, uh, East High drama bit, but um, it is interesting. So I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if they do. So that would mean Andrew Barthfeldman and Roman Banks would be brought back for season three. So who knows? Maybe they will keep up with the trend. I don't know. I thought it was interesting. I'm just so excited to see Jordan Fisher in this High School Musical, the musical, the series. And I hope to God he sings, but I don't think he will be. Uh, we'll see. Who knows? Um... Let's see what else is going on. So Billy Porter, he is going to be making his directorial debut in a new feature film starring Renee Elise Goldsberry. I mean, it's only a matter of time at this point that Billy Porter directs a musical. I think it's very possible. Maybe it's an unpopular opinion. I would love to see it. Um, he is literally taking over the entertainment industry single-handedly. He is so freaking talented. He's been able to uh, conquer at all like he's been able to do pose kinky boots um now he's going to be making his directorial debut like i said in a new feature film called what if and that's going to be starring renee Lee goldsberry another fun thing coming out is something called edge of the world written by ethan slater and nick blameyer and they're also starring in it with lily cooper and norbert leo butts come on come on ethan slater lily cooper norbert leo butts and Nick Blameyer, come on. This is just a wonderful cast, and I'm so excited. It's literally four people, and it's one of the, like, it's literally the best four singers in Broadway. Like, and just, it's just, I'm so excited. I literally can't. I actually just got off of doing an interview with, uh, in the cast <laughs> so uh we were able to talk a little bit about that and that's going to be coming out very soon because their soundtrack is coming out very soon it's coming out friday august 6th so i will be releasing that episode on thursday august 5th that's going to be with some uh people in that wonderful cast and i'm so excited to listen to this soundtrack that ethan and nick have written because it's going to be amazing. I was reading all about it and just the synopsis of the whole thing and what they want to do with it and the process that they took throughout the whole thing, uh, the topics that they're going to be dealing with. Everything is just so, so moving and something that you all should be very excited about. It's going to be on all music platforms. You can listen to it anywhere you listen to music. You can also listen to it on Broadway Records, uh, but also Spotify and Apple Music, which seem to be the more popular streaming services, I guess, for music, um, but also everywhere else. So stay tuned on that. It's called Edge of the World, and it's going to be amazing. So with that being said, that will wrap up this week's news segment, and we will actually be doing the Drama Dictionary segment later after this interview. So with that being said, Luke Manicus, curtain up. Thank you. 
This week, we have a three-time Broadway show veteran. Before This is all before he was even at the age of 13. Um, he is currently a student at the University of Michigan, majoring in musical theater, and he is making his off-Broadway debut in Trevor the Musical. So welcome to the Take About podcast, Luke Manikis. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Hey, oh my God, I'm so excited. We This has been like long overdue because we're gonna get into it but like you were the first like kid like someone who was my age that like I looked up to and we're gonna talk about why in a second um but before we do that (laughs) oh my god stop Luke you're the coolest um so before we get to that I usually like to start our episodes off in asking our guests who how they got into theater and performing and I know you've always been a dancer so I know there's gonna be like a two-parter so like how, how did you get into dance but then what introduced you to like musical theater yeah yeah, well, it's it's kind of funny. Um, my <laughs> brother and my sister always danced. And so by the time I could walk, my parents just signed me up immediately because it was just kind of inevitable. Um, and I loved it. Like, I, I loved going to dance and I loved performing and and all that. So my mom asked me if I wanted to audition for a local community theater production of Scrooge um and so I said yes and I sang Scooby-Doo and I didn't know the words um (laughs) wait where was this where was this um in a in uh the town next to me Lakewood New Jersey um oh okay okay so just like a local community theater yeah and I did that for three years and I was ensemble and then the third year I was Tiny Tim and that's when I sort of got a grasp for you know, theater and how I liked it. And I, but I was always a dancer first, like dance was always my, my passion. Um, and it came to a point where people were just telling my mom, like, Oh, you should try to get him like started in the city. And, um, my mom was like, ha yeah, no, but we'll try it. (laughs) Um, so she looked up like agents and managers and, um, we found Nancy Carson we contacted her, sent her a video of me dancing, and at that time was like peak Billy Elliot time. Um, so I was going into this industry thinking like, if I ever do anything, it'll be Billy Elliot. Um, but that that's not how it worked. <laughs> um, <laughs> I it was like one of my first or second auditions. I don't even know, and I booked Priscilla oh Queen God. of the Desert. Yes, which was insane because I didn't I I still like I still can't believe like how insane this like opportunity was. And I just didn't I didn't even know what Broadway was and which. Right. So in hindsight, I like regret a little bit because it's like I didn't realize how good I had it at the time <laughs> to just. Be yeah, exactly. At such a young age. But yeah. Yeah. You you totally hit the nail on the head. It's exactly what I've been going through now. Um, it's it's just a process that you go through, and you don't realize like you don't even realize like what you're doing. Like you don't mm-hmm. even realize that like you're on Broadway and like how cool it is, you know? Until like you're like 18 going through puberty, and you're like, wait, what? Like, yeah, how does this work? Um, no, yeah, completely understandable. Um, how so? How did so you were a dancer, right? And you've been doing competitive dancing and you still do it, right? 
Well, uh, I think my time on the competitive dance stage has retired, unfortunately. Okay. But yeah, up until March of 2020, I was a competitive dancer. (laughs) Oh my God, did COVID end your career? Actually, I was fortunate enough. I did get to have my final dance competition in August. uh, Oh, because they, they they had outside competitions, and so I did get to compete one last time, which was... Oh, and you knew it was, like, your last one? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's awesome. It was really awesome. special for me because it was my favorite solo I ever did. This is my oh, last solo, so you know? It was so much fun. Yeah. But, yeah. It was a great way to go out, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. So... So, okay, so you've been a dancer. Like, how do you believe, so now that you've, you're looking back on all of this and you've been a dancer and you've been in three Broadway shows and everything like that, how do you feel like dance is kind of like the staple of like musical theater and like preparing you to do eight shows a week and all of that? Yeah, um, I, that's a great question. Um, well, it's funny because I, I barely danced while I was working in that like five year span and um, right or six or I don't even know. And when <laughs> I stopped working, I went back to dance and like, it was so like, it's just my favorite thing to do. It helps me like really right. stress and, and all that, you know, it just feel all my emotions through dance. But um, something I also realized was like, I, I can't have dance without theater and I can't have theater mm-hmm. without dance. Like for me, they're they need to they go co- hand in hand. Yeah, they need to work together. Um, so, but I think the importance of dance in theater is like you know, even just in blocking and like acting, movement, just all of all of these things work together in theater and like. I don't know. It's it's really interesting because you could take a show like Dear Evan Hansen, for example, and they're not right. necessarily like dancing, um, but there's there's still choreography and and it's still yes. like a beautiful masterpiece. Exactly. So I think dance is inevitable in theater. Exactly. And same with like plays, like even when there's like no music, like the block, you don't understand like what (laughs) lifting your arm at a certain point could do, you know, like just for your acting and for everything and just the storytelling in general. Um, You're totally right. Movement and dance and everything, they all coincide and they like all complement one another. And uh, I think that's like the beauty of musical theater is like everything just like blends perfectly. Yeah. Um, And you have, and it's all very different at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I think the movement can carry out the emotion or like. Exactly. They carry each other out, if that makes any sense. Totally. Okay, so now you're doing, so now let's talk about Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. So before we talk about your little Broadway debut that you had, not a big deal, at nine years old, um, (laughs) you got to do like the like beginning process of it in Toronto, right? Yeah. So how cool was, first of all, I'm really jealous that you went to Toronto because that is a place that is on my bucket list. But also like, so like how long was the reading? How does like that, or was it a reading or a workshop? Like how does that all work? And talk about like the beginning process of that show. Yeah. So 
I'm not sure. I'm I don't even know if there was a reading because um <laughs> Priscilla started in Australia and then it went to the West End. Um Right. And then it came to North America. Okay. And their out of town tryout in North America was in Toronto. Um and that's where oh, I got it. That's where I joined the cast. And honestly, it was just like insane. Because yeah. for me, I just saw it as like, oh, cool. I'm just doing like a fun show in another country. And I didn't realize like I was being a part of this like creation in a way. Um, right. And so after Toronto, when we went to um, Broadway, everything changed. And I didn't I didn't completely understand why or not everything, but a lot of things changed. Um, and then I right then and there, like learned the importance of an out of town tryout and how they really can like steer what's going to happen in, in the Broadway production and like see what works and what doesn't. And you were what, like eight? I was eight in Toronto and I turned nine in Toronto and then I was nine on Broadway and then I turned 10 on Broadway. So that was, oh my God, that's so cool. And at the time, like, I know we've talked about like, not maybe knowing the importance of like what you were doing and how cool it was to be on Broadway, but it's also like the shows that you've been in, like literally all three of them, but like in particular, Priscilla, um, it has such an impactful message to the show. Um, and I, I mean, do you, as a nine year old, like, do you grasp that? Like, do you know kind of what you're doing, like, on the stage? No. No, I no. didn't because it's it's so funny because I, like, you know, when you're nine, you're just a very, like, literal person. So right. I remember I would go to school and I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm in a show with drag queens. And my teachers were like, oh, cool. <laughs> and then, right. like, you know, there are there's words in the show that aren't um, – Oh, pleasure sure. to hear kid and friendly <laughs> for me i was like oh they're just words like i didn't understand the severity uh... of them um and in hindsight like the message of priscilla was just beautiful and and it's so important and i'm very glad i could have been a part of being able to tell that story and bring that story to people that needed to hear it um right but I wish I just I I wish I could have understood it more. I don't know if that yeah. makes sense. <laughs> no, yeah, it totally makes sense. I mean, <laughs> you don't get it at nine. Like it's hard. It's hard to mm-hmm. grasp. And then you looking back on it, you're like, wow, that was like really something cool to be a part of. Like same. Like I I was thirteen, fourteen when I did Trevor, and I still like it didn't really hit to like afterwards of how much of an impact that story has like you just realize it more when you're out of it too like Mm -hmm. you're just so focused on you know learning it and doing what you need to do every night you kind of don't you kind of get lost in that and you kind of don't realize what you're doing you know the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. 
Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Um, so Priscilla brought you so many cool like opportunities, including one of the, uh, you got to perform on the Macy's Day Parade. Um, yeah. Let's talk about that day because I have also done that and it's like a whirlwind of a day. What time did you have to wake up? Did you have a show? Like, tell me like that day. Well, if you remember, (laughs) I actually remember it very well. Um, Oh, good. And what's really fun about it was at the time they were having like kids vlog um, their like experience. Um, And so that year I was chosen as like, the kid vlogger for the Macy's Thanksgiving Day You're Parade. You're kidding. And I have no idea awesome. if you can find it on YouTube still. I don't think you can because I think it's like blocked in this country now. But um, there, it was really fun because I had my mom got me a fedora and I had like a little thing that said press. Um, so my mom just like followed me around all the rehearsals with a camera. And then the day of, um, I had to stay at like a friend's apartment because we we don't live in the city. We live an hour and a half outside of the city in New Jersey. Oh god! So um, it we would have had to wake up at like two a.m. and my mom was like, "This right. is not happening." So we stayed at a friend's apartment in the city. Um, and we got up at like I don't even know. It was still dark out. Um, oh, oh. and it was freezing. It was really cold. But I got to be yeah. in a kangaroo suit November. and show the world my smiling face. And I, I wish it. I could do that again. Right. <laughs> right. And then did you have to do a show that night? Uh, that, mm, mm, I don't know. I don't you know. You don't know? Okay. I don't yeah, think so. Cause... I think we had the day off. Oh, that's, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Usually, like, well, obviously, like, Thanksgiving's always on a Thursday. So, like, you usually have, like, a show on Thursdays, right? It's not a Monday yeah. or anything. So, I, when I experience it, you like, you literally wake up at, like, 4 a.m. Like, literally, like you said, it's dark. And it's freezing because it's the late November. And it's craziness. Like, it's mm-hmm. literally... Because you have to... You can't even go like to the parade. You have to go to your theater first and then you have to like yeah. get into costume. There's just so many things that go into it. And then of course, was that the first time that you were in a recording studio like cuz you have to lip sync? Um I well my, Or did you not like really sing? I didn't really sing any of the ensemble parts okay. in that show. Um so no. I don't that wasn't my first time in the recording studio was for the cast album for Priscilla for Priscilla. Okay. How was that? What is that? Like, how cool is that? That was really cool. I had a cold, so it's, Oh no. I remember I was a little upset. Um, but I don't think you could, they're long days, but yeah, I had a cold 
and I got to sing with Will Swenson, which oh. was just so fun because I, I still see him, even though I haven't spoken to him in years, I still see him as like a father figure in my life just because he was right. for a significant amount of time, especially when you're growing up, you change so much in like the two years that you work together. So right. Um, that was really fun. I really did enjoy doing the cast album. Let's talk about that because that cast in like Will Swenson, you also had Kiala Settle and you had like all of these amazing people, like not only in Priscilla, but like how, how um, especially in, as a kid and like you said, you're changing and everything. Like how impactful was it to like have adults surrounding you that like while you were growing up and the impact that people had in your lives? It was really inspiring. Um, yeah, and and motivating because it's kind of like I had twenty different parents, you know, like <laughs> just all these people were just like sharing their wisdom or just like joking with me. They never saw me as like you are a little boy. Like it was, it was very much like I felt like an adult, um, even though I had a guardian and, and right. Stuff, um, it was it was a really it, fun experience. What was really fun was um my dressing room, uh me and Ashton's dressing room was right yes. next to uh Ellen Marie Marsh's dressing room. And so and she's a mom. So she was really <laughs> fun and like always like joking around with us, which was cuz I mean, you know Ellen, she's a she's the funniest person I met. Like she's so funny. Um so that was really fun cuz I got to just listen to Ellen sing and joke right. around. <laughs> right. It totally like takes away from the aspect because like you say, like when you reflect on it and you're like an 18 year old and you're like, wow, my parents really handed me off to strangers when I was like eight years old. <laughs> like how? But it totally yeah. like, you're right. Like you have, you create this new family and like that you just like, you don't even know and it doesn't even register that you're like where's my mom where's my siblings where is this because you're like oh these are this is my family for the time being yeah yeah and i felt i felt so safe with them you know yeah it was like the best environment to i think Ugh. have my first professional credit you know yeah that's so cool Oh my god. Wait, so let's talk about Matilda because okay. you also like did did recording and stuff for that because you were in the original Broadway cast. Woot woot. Um you literally you've done it all. Um so you're you're in Matilda, right? And you you're covering what is it? Three roles? Um so ooh, on on Broadway I did I covered Eric and Nigel and I understudied oh, okay. Bruce. But oh yeah, I never learned any of the Bruce stuff, so I don't I don't think that counts. On tour, I covered all four boys. Yeah, all four boys. Oh my god! Yes, so tell fun. me, talk to me about what that's like doing multiple roles. You know, kind of keeping track of them and doing that every night. <laughs> um. Well, it was It was easy for the first it's because well i don't know how to explain it it was fun (laughs) it was a fun little challenge um right always a new experience every night it was fun to be surrounded by 15 other kids um and i i i think what was easy was they were very 
very not strict but they stress the importance of like note taking and and organization and discipline sure Um, and so at 11 years old i was able to just like take notes and be very observant and 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 look at other people's notes and be like okay i should apply that to my own um performance so when i did the broadway shows um when I did the Broadway show, I only had to know the two parts, and it's just like I learned it. It, it. it was just I learned them simultaneously, and I never really saw it as a challenge. Um, and right. then that was really beneficial for me when I when I did the tour because I had already known two of the parts, so mm-hmm. I only had to learn two more. Um, so it was like it was fun. It was a nice little challenge. So. Was the tour and like Broadway like very similar as far as the tracks and everything? I'd say so. Yeah, I'd say they tried oh, to that's keep good. as much things similar as they could. I mean, obviously there were subtle differences. Like the desks didn't go into the floor; they came on and off. Screen. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'd say that they were all very similar. Nothing to what major. I can recall. Yeah. Right. Well, that's great. So. Okay, let's, I mean, okay, touring and Broadway in the same show is so cool. Um, And then, so did you go on for Bruce when you were on tour? Yeah, so, so, ooh, that was loud, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, No, so you're good. I went on, I got one show per track I covered a week, except for Eric, because um, I was a little too old for Eric anyway, but that, got it. that track was like, dual covered so um the girl swing covered eric and then i also covered eric um and so she always went on as eric and i think i only went on as eric three times on tour but i went on as bruce nigel and tommy at least once a week which was so fun because then i got three like guaranteed shows a week did you get any guaranteed shows on Broadway? Yeah, yeah. So I got one show as Nigel and one show as Eric on Broadway. Okay, and then when you went on tour, you were like, they they said you were a little too old for Eric. <laughs> so well, they... I... The funny story about tour was, I think I was a little too old for the tour as well. Um, <laughs> but I got a call and it was like, hey, we need a boy to be the swing on tour. Would you like to do it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I had to, they had to like see me and make sure I, I could still like sing. Right. Because I was 13. So the voice change was coming up at any moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I like went, I had a little like audition kind of thing. Um, except it was with the same creative team that I had always worked with. And they were like, okay, you're still good. You can, you can do the tour. Um, <laughs> so I love that. Yeah, it was fun. Plus, you get to go see, like, so many cool, like, cities and states and, like, you get to, like, tour around the country and you're just not, like, it's not, like, it's different from doing it on Broadway still. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I lived in L.A. for seven weeks. Yeah. like, really cool. So cool. I love that. And, like, it brings you to, like, would you have gone to L.A. otherwise? Like, No, I haven't been to L.A. since. Exactly. So it, like, gives you an excuse to, like, see the world while you're, like, working and, like, performing and doing what you love. Like, that's – there's nothing better than touring. Um, So then you're on the Tony 
awards for Matilda. Okay, like how how cool what is it to like perform at the Tonys? First of all, I think I cried. I I think yeah? I cried. I don't really remember. Um, but that was really cool, especially since I was a swing, so I didn't expect that they would like want us to be on the Tonys. Um, right. But they made it a point that we could all like be on it, and and I'm really grateful for that because. It was so much fun. Well, it was so cool because, you know, you have, like, you have swings and you have four Matildas and, like, you have, like, all of these things going. And I'm sure that was very difficult for, like, the whole creative team when it came to stuff like that and when it came to, like, the cast's recording and stuff like that. But that's so cool that they were able to literally incorporate everyone into the show because, really, the show wouldn't be happening without all of you guys so like you need each of you so it was so cool to like be able to do that and i i couldn't imagine so like take me through your like day of the tonys i don't i'm to be honest i don't remember is it blocked i I could remember better (laughs) um no i don't think it's necessarily blocked i was just it was a long day i yeah actually i think i vaguely do remember i do remember i did do a show i think i i think it was are the Tonys on a Sunday? Yeah. So, yeah, I did do the Sunday matinee that week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a friend come see the show. So I left the little, like, alleyway that the kids left because we, we didn't exit through the stage door. I said hi to my friend. And then I think I had, like, a half-hour break before we had to go <laughs> to um, Radio City. <laughs> and then it was just, like, you know, we had been rehearsing. So it was kind of just like, okay, now apply everything you learned in these rehearsal rooms onto the stage and have fun. By the way, there are so many people watching from their homes right now, kind of thing. Like, yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Tell, okay, so the Schubert is a very big theater, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's it's huge it, compared to, like, the music box where Pippin is, you know? It's huge. Um, but... Radio City is bigger. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. So what was that? What was that? Just like not even like as far as the stage, because the stage is probably bigger too, but like just being on that stage and seeing like double the people in Radio City. It was really cool. I think I was trying <laughs> to count the balconies while I was you were... like, doing the little revolting children dance. Right. Um, because I was like, is that three? Is that four? Oh, wait, I have to fight someone right now. Right. <laughs> so that was funny. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. I love that so much. Okay, so you're doing so many cool things. And I mean, you do, I mean, the coolest performances, like the Tonys, the Macy's Day Parade, like all of these. And then you have two under two Broadway shows on your belt, and then you get a third, and that's Pippin, and that's where we met um and literally like as i said you were like the first one who like i looked up to because that was my first broadway show and i was taking over for you and i knew like i don't know i just like this is the guy who i need to like come in and be like and like this is who i have to model my show after and everything like i don't know it was just like you were like a big brother for me for like that three week period of learning the show and literally you were literally taking me around the theater showing me like uh 
the candy lady in the uh, the house manager and like you were showing me like all the cool things about the theater and our dressing room and like what to do and then even outside the theater you would take the time and you would introduce me to the kids at the broadway park and even know it was a thing like you did like so many cool things that you probably don't even realize but it's definitely something that i always remember um so thank you for that first of all and uh and second of all how was Pippin for you because it's just such a unique show with the circus and the makeup and the wig and all of that compared to all of these shows that you've done? Well, first off, that means a lot <laughs> to me. I always saw you as, I think there was a long time where I was like, yeah, Eli Tokash is my best friend. Right. I, I would like introduce you as my best friend to so many people for the longest yes. time. I really enjoyed those the time that I spent with you. Um, in fact, I still have that little like magnet you gave me. Stop! Oh my um, god, that's so funny. That's so cute. And what's funny about this magnet is it's good friends are like stars. And then you went and did Finding Neverland. Right. Oh god. Is all stars and stuff. So. Right. Oh my god. Funny. That's so cute. Um, Thank you for bringing that on. That's so cute. Oh yeah, I was like, I'm gonna bring this up at some point. <laughs> that's <laughs> um, awesome. But yeah, Pippin was a totally new experience for me. Um, There was so much freedom for us. Um, I felt really independent in that show. Um, Sort of just like I went from from working with a cast of 16 kids. Right. um, You know, just sharing the role with Ashton, which was very familiar with me because we had worked together in Priscilla. Um, so that was really fun, uh, just to get to like, have this new, like, I am an adult now in the theater and Mm -hmm. this role actually has a significant part in the show. You know, it's, it's different going from like, a swing to like an actual part that has lines and sings and right. I'd say is, you know, Theo is a pretty important part of the story. So that was really cool. Because I never felt like, I was like, wow, this is a principal role and I'm on Broadway. Um, right. That was like your aha moment, you know? Like, yeah. That was like, oh my God, I have made it. <laughs> and I also hadn't joined a cast like midway through the process yet. So mm. that was a really cool experience and a really scary experience. Because I was like, oh, you want me to walk on a ball? <laughs> That's impossible. <laughs> right. Um, so that was fun though. Walking on the ball is a skill that like I'm so grateful to have learned because like, right. who how many people can say they can walk on a ball and like mm. did it on a Broadway stage, you know? Exactly. Um, so that's really cool. Do you still like like do you feel like you could still do it? I don't know. I feel really? like I need those shoes, like those fancy oh, yeah. shoes that we had. And then maybe For sure like the rubber bottoms or whatever like yeah. this they literally were like circus shoes or whatever custom, and I was like, like I'm custom cool. imported shoes yeah <laughs> somewhere special um and i just i loved pippin so much it's still it's my favorite musical it's my favorite show i've done like oh wow i'll say it a million times pippin's my dream role oh so, really mm-hmm. yeah oh, i love yeah. that have you like is I don't know like I feel like schools are doing that now like is that like a thing you could do for like Michigan or like I mean who knows maybe Diane's gonna revive it again I don't know who knows um 
I don't know. We'll have yeah. to see. You know, if it's the thing about dream roles for me is like, I never expect to do any shows um, as much as I'd love to do Pippin. I would also love to do whatever's written in the future for me. Right. If anything is, you know, um, which I hope there is. But yeah. So as much as I want to do Pippin, I would completely be happy if if I never did it again, just because whatever happens, happens. And I, I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason. Totally. So we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Um, but. That being said, I would. It's good to put I would it be out so there. Happy to do it anytime, ever again. I would. Right. Yeah. So, who's ever listening to this? If you're a producer, revive Pippin. Luke Manicus is gonna be Pippin. I'll be the king. I'll be the old guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, seriously, that's. I love that. I. I don't know. Dream roles are. I don't know. They're they're so cool. I love them. I have like so many dream roles that i'm just like at this point i don't care but like same with you where i'm like i don't know like i kind of like want to be the person that like or like not the person but like the actor who is able to share a story so well and people are like oh that's my dream role you know like i want to yeah. have that impact too um but yeah totally understandable um, hello it is ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day couldn't we just to make up for things like sitting in traffic doing the dishes counting your steps you know all the mundane stuff that is why i'm such a big fan of chumba casino chumba casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, Going back to, like, what you were saying, by the way, is, like, introducing me as your best friend. Like, first of all, wow, thank you. And second of all, um, literally, like... I don't think like a lot of people like understood it from like my perspective because like I was literally coming here. I wasn't in school yet during rehearsal. Like I didn't know anyone. And like I knew mm -hmm. like two people because I did the Mary Poppins tour and like Alexa Nijak was going into Matilda and maybe Nikki Torsha was in Kinky Boots at the time. Um, yeah. I don't know. But so like I, I only knew like a handful of people from A Christmas Story and Mary Poppins, which were the only two, like, professional shows that I did. And you were, like, I knew you for two weeks, and we were, like, inseparable for, like, those two weeks. And, like, we you were... so fast. So yeah. Long. Yeah, and, like, you were able to just allow me to come into your friend group and like do all of these things for me that like even me, myself at the time like I was like oh I don't understand but like looking back on it I'm like how do I know you like how did we like meet and it's always like oh Luke Luke Manicus introduced us that's right oh, like wow. yeah like I still have those moments like with the morrows and stuff like I'm like how did we meet and Madeline was like, oh, well, like, I was in Matilda with Luke. And I was like, oh, of course, that makes sense. 
so That's like so funny. it's all it, it all comes back to luke manicus you know like <laughs> it really does um but yeah seriously so I, i'm thank you for everything like because i literally didn't know anyone i have no friends coming to new york not from here um and then you were able to like let me in so easily so you made the transition uh effortless as they say yeah, that <laughs> so, really means a lot to me to hear just oh my god i don't know it's just sweet that you like also remember this you know uh, oh like, my god you were so young I, w I wouldn't expect you to so yeah well i mean like it was literally like the most terrifying time for me coming like I know no one coming to a new state I'm from West Virginia where it's like a small town and then coming to like this and there's lights everywhere and people walking on the street like that's just not a thing you know like mm -hmm. it's not what happens and like learning the subway station and, and everything like it was all very like whoa like it was like a shock to me and like just to it know I had like someone there yeah it's like it's a total culture shock and then just to like know from day one that like you have someone is just it it helps you know like i had my dad who was living with me but he was in the same boat and trying to figure <laughs> everything out plus the more like finances and apartments and all of these things that he had so like it was really just like me for some of it and then, yeah. of course, you were able to just, like, be there for me. And, like, whenever I had questions, I would be like, Luke, where's Luke? And then, finally, you came back to Pippin, and we were actually able to do the show together. That's still yeah. one of my favorite memories, because Ashton went on vacation. and That uh, was so cool. That was... I remember making a post. It was a mirror selfie, and I was like, I'll be back in Pippin for one week, starting this date to this date yes um, oh my god and we had so much fun that week we did that week like i totally understand what you meant about like the freedom and everything thomas to huge shout out to thomas bradfield because he literally like let us like he just trusted us you know like yeah. and he was not the type of wrangler who was going to be like no you can't do this he was always going to be like you can do this but like be smart about it and like he like really right. like taught us how to how to do it like how to like be careful and like he wasn't gonna shadow us 24 7 he would be around if we needed him you know like yeah it was it was like he was awesome to have especially in that show where there's a million things to learn with and all kinds of new people from france and russia and all these places like yeah to like yeah. learn from and to like talk to and hear stories it was just like it was just a incredible production to be a part of especially as your first show um it just opens you to so much but yeah it was so cool and uh so let's talk about this full circle moment that we're having here so now okay. you were in you were in rehearsals for trevor when covid shut down right yeah so where were you in rehearsals first off like how far in were you guys I think we were two weeks. Um, we were going to go to the theater in two weeks. So we had two, two weeks. more weeks of rehearsal, and then we were going to move into the theater. So what's your role in the show? So, um, funny story. Uh -huh. I'm Luke. Um, Luke! My name is Luke. Stop so it! Oh, my fun. God. I didn't know that that's the role that you were playing. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, oh. so I mean, I'm old. It you totally know? makes sense. It all makes sense now. So <laughs> you, so when I was in the show, it was a kid named Justin, uh, and he was doing it, and like he's not a kid because he was 18. He was like mm-hmm. already an adult, and we were like looking up to him and everything. But it totally makes sense because he was the dancer. You know, like he was the kid dancer. So it makes sense that you're the kid dancer of like Trevor, you know? Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's really funny is your Lindsay, Carly Meyer. Shout out yes. to Carly Meyer. Oh my God. Goes to school can... with me. Um, There's so many full circle moments. And I love her so much. So it's just like, who would have thought that? I don't know. I also think about Trevor is like, I didn't think I would work again until after college. Um, yeah, and i i had I had this time of my life that I was like, no theater, no film. Like, I want to be a kid again. Um, and it was the worst year of my life because I didn't realize that like theater was literally what kept me going. You know. Um, and, and that year was, like, the first time that I was, like, okay, I actually need to, like, make a career out of this. Like, I can't just give up on it. Because, um, I don't know, it's all I've ever known. Right. So, when I did Trevor, I was, like, thank you, because I could finally get a chance to perform again. Um, and so, I was willing to do anything to make that work. Um, so, I would go to school in the morning at 6 a.m. Oh, my God. And then go to the first few periods, and then leave school early, hop on a bus, uh, go to the city, Ah. and then rehearse all day, and then come home, go to sleep, and do it all again, Uh, which was fun. Yeah, which was fun. Um, (laughs) Yikes, that's crazy. And now I do want to talk to you about, like, performing as an adult like you know like all you know is like being a kid like do you notice anything changes how you approach rehearsals how you approach the story how you approach everything really yeah um I think I'm so much more present like in the moment because you know not to be cheesy but I've realized that you know things like go by fast and if you don't salvage every moment you start to regret it and I don't like living with regret so I just in Trevor I tried to enjoy like every single moment not let it go to waste and and I'm very appreciative of that because it was also cool being like the oldest of the the children quote-unquote because um I don't know I just like worked with all these people that I felt were the same age as me because they were all so professional. Right. And, and you always hear when you're a child actor, like, oh, you're so mature, you're so professional, but you don't understand it until you are in their shoes and like working with other children that you're like, you are so mature, you are so professional. So right. that was full circle for me. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also like, you know, now you are of an age where you can understand this story and this what you are being like what you are doing on a stage Mm -hmm. and what you're trying to make audience feel and the emotions that just go into it all and like really understand 
this everything you know like it just yeah. and to to have that be like this is your first show I, I i don't know how people listening how familiar they are with the story but it is about the trevor project and it, it there's this short film called trevor um and it's kind of like based off of that and uh they're turning it into a musical and it's about this i guess i guess teenager would you say preteen preteen teenager yeah preteen boy yeah eight like eighth grade right like seventh eighth grade yeah um yeah so middle school kid and he's finding out that you know he's in love with this other man the jock of the school pinky so that's kind of ironic that this jock of the school is named pinky um so yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of what the story is about and then of course like not being accepting uh the people around him not quite being accepting of him and tend to bully him and you know go through unpleasant days where he tries to ultimately commit suicide and it doesn't work and he's ends up in a hospital and he meets this doctor or this nurse um who kind of gives him a new positive outlook of life and um so that's and he's in love with Diana Ross and like loves shows and theater and totally like everything. So it's just like totally not what the rest of the people around him are doing. They're all into basketball and cheerleading and whatnot. So that's what this story is about, and it's very very impactful, and it's literally going to make you feel every emotion. You're going to be crying from laughter and sadness um so luke are you going to be do you know if you're going to be able to do it when it reopens i i don't know what my future with trevor looks like um, uh-huh. but i will say whether i'm in it or not i'm just happy this story is going to be told right i think that's the most important thing yeah do you have anything to add on the story by the way like you can it's a really emotional show and i want to I want to shout you out, Eli, because oh. I don't know how you handled that. <laughs> um, and and like it's just really intense, and it definitely does test your emotional like limits. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, I just I think it's amazing that you anyone that plays that role of Trevor is like so just powerful because they have this ability to act and not only act but like it feel and experience and this empathy that like is really challenging and really probably like is exhausting emotionally but but you power through and you get yeah. through it and it's just it's really cool and everyone that plays that role is insanely talented i don't know how yeah it's well i mean bottom line when it comes down to it it's just like you know you, you love to be on stage you know like anyone like that, if, if I would have seen Trevor, you know, I would have been like, wow, that's my dream role. Like, that's a role that you're like, wow, that you're just yeah. like, so like, when I was actually like 13, 14, doing that show, and I was able to understand it, and kind of and like, understand the story. And just the fact that like, you did not leave the stage, even though it was vocally exhausting, and emotionally, like, you knew the importance of it and you knew like 
you just wanted to be on that stage and you like afterwards you're hearing these stories from people who were at the show and you're like that's why like that's why I have to do it again tomorrow you know like there's just so many things that keeps you going and you know like literally once you're on the stage you just want to be on the stage (laughs) like it doesn't matter it it, like that's just that that's just how you do it and you run on adrenaline and uh it's definitely it's amazing and i can't wait to see hudson is in it if he does open the show when it comes back um because he's he's so so talented so talented and all of you guys like huge shout out to everyone like mark who goes to school with me mark aguirre um yale i've met a couple times uh ava briglia isabella russo um there's a bunch of people just everyone in the show is so talented and to be in that show like it's it's a lot and it's so so exciting and i can't wait for it to come back on uh, off broadway when covid wait when broadway reopens yeah (laughs) when covid reopens oh my god that would be a mess (laughs) (laughs) no thank you (laughs) yeah no 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 not another year of this (laughs) so so before i let you go how would this work so would you have to like if trevor did approach you right and they were like oh we do want you to come back and reopen the show with us and everything so what would you do with michigan I don't know. I, I guess I'd I'd have to see. Like, could you take like a uh, gap year, semester kind of thing? Uh, I don't know. Like, I don't. Yeah, I. Or could you do like? I mean, we just did a year and a half virtually, kind of. Like, could you do that? Like, I don't know. I think it's definitely an option. Um, we'll see. I don't know. I have to. I have to talk to so many people about it you know yeah and and try to get their advice on it it's it's definitely like a i'm in a pickle a little bit um yeah but it's a good one to be in like the, you yeah. can't lose i'm you so know? lucky that this yeah. is like the choices that i have to make <laughs> yeah so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, there's so many great things going on in Luke Manicus's life, and there's so many cool things to to share. And I'm so glad that you were able to share it all today with us. Uh, thank you for coming on. It was so good to catch up with you and thank see you, so you again. Thank you for having me. Yes, of course. Um, literally, we have to see each other soon. Okay. Yes. Me, yes. you, Madeline. We're gonna have like a, a great a uh, little field trip day. I don't know, whatever. I'll come to you. You can come wherever. I don't know. Uh, but yes, we definitely have to hang out soon. It's been way too long. This interview has been long overdue. Um, and literally, I can't thank you enough. Good luck in school. Break legs if Trevor come, <laughs> if you're able to do Trevor. Either way, you're going to be amazing. And it's gonna, it's all going to work out the way it's supposed to. And everything happens for a reason. So, yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. Of course, of course. Take a bow, Luke Manicus. I don't know about you all, but I had a blast talking to someone uh, who's kind of my age and kind of gone through similar uh, productions and kind of similar journeys as as I have. And uh, just talking about like us being 12 years old and being on Broadway and kind of looking back on that now that we're 18 and we realize that you know, this is something that is a career and something that you need, like, it's more serious now. And we were kind of just doing it for fun back then. And we kind of didn't realize what we were doing. And so just talking to someone who really looked at it the same way that I did was something really cool for me. And uh, I hope that you all kind of enjoyed that 
fun little conversation that we had about that and uh, also about everything else. And I was, like I said earlier, just talking about Trevor again and talking about Pippin again. I don't know. Pippin is literally unlike anything else. I don't know if you guys saw it, but it was one in physical like tricks and everything like that, but also like who I was as a performer and as an actor and as a person and all of these wonderful things taught me so much we mentioned a lot uh you know luke and i's relationship and just being able to be backstage and not have someone who was um kind of isolating the kids from the adults and whatnot and they kind of encouraged the whole kids to do adults relationship as long as the adults were okay with it and uh it was just it was such an amazing show to have your Broadway debut on and uh, to listen to him talk about it and have those same opinions as I had uh, just solidified my point of view and just how special that was. And of course, like I said, talking about Trevor, I'm just so excited to see it when it comes off Broadway. I'm going to be seeing it within the first couple of weeks of it being off Broadway. So I'm so excited for that. And uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be amazing. And I don't know. If anyone has seen videos from Chicago's version of Trevor, but it's it's a show that you don't want to miss for sure. I would love to get a director or producer on of Trevor and uh, talk about the um, difficulties in finding kids and being able to sustain that because I know like now they're going to have to recast some of the show because you know, they are kids and they grow and they change and they do all these things. And they had this wonderful cast that they were in rehearsals with. And now that COVID uh, hit and people are going to college and people are doing all these things, they have to they have to adjust and uh, they're going to be dealing with that for for quite some time as long as they're going to be on as long as they're going to be running. Right now, tickets are selling through April, and uh, it's later on in April, though, so you have time if you're not quite comfortable yet and you want to come after New Year's or whatever to New York to see this wonderful show that you, honest to God, you don't want to miss. And uh, talking to him about Trevor and talking to him about the story of Trevor and how much it means to him and everyone else. And just to be in that room and everything, it's, it's so special. And you're going to leave the theater just in tears, but also just uplifted and hopeful and encouraged. Please go see Trevor the Musical when it is off Broadway. I'm the biggest fan of Trevor the Musical and forever will be not in the show or in the show i will still be a forever fan and uh could not be thankful for more thankful for my time in that beautiful show playing trevor and um yeah i I just can't wait to see it again and have that musical and those songs and everything else back into my life i think it's uh something very important and just everything luke had to say about you know being a young kid performing and what it was like and being in you know the macy's parade and doing all of these things the tony awards and doing out of town things in toronto for priscilla queen of the desert all of these things was just really cool to hear about from a young person's perspective i don't know if it was for you guys i mean obviously now he's 18 and whatnot but when he was doing it he was 11 so we haven't had those stories in a while so just to hear those stories again from a young person and uh i know we've talked about it a lot with adults and everything but as a kid it's a very different experience i believe and um it was just good to hear those again so i hope you all enjoyed this episode go check out luke oh and 
I'm so sorry I'm not used to this, but we're going to do the Drama Dictionary before we wrap it up. This week's Drama Dictionary Word of the Week is going to be, drumroll please, crossover. And what a crossover is, is it's the portion of the stage that's like behind the stage, so no one really sees it. As an audience member, it's like you don't even know that it's, there is a space behind the stage. I mean, like, you think it's it's just a wall because that's kind of what they have there. But in actuality, they have kind of like a um, exaggerated wing, I guess you could say. And, uh, you know, like those little offstage uh, where you're kind of waiting to get onto the stage or, or be seen by the audience because you're kind of on the stage already. Um, and you're just waiting for your entrance just to, like, if you step a foot, you're literally on the stage. So yeah, it's one of those longer ones that is literally the entire length of the stage. And that's how, like, if you have to exit the stage on one end, uh, say like stage left, but then your next cue that you have to go on for is on stage right. And then you're like, oh shoot, how do I get over there without going on the stage and without being seen? And that's what the crossover is used for. So it's it's literally a crossover to the other side of the stage. Um, and some theaters are actually too small to have crossovers. So they have to do it like, you have to like go up the stairs or you have to go down the stairs and you have to do it on another floor and it just takes double the time. So it's, it's craziness, but uh, some theaters have it and I've been lucky enough to work in two theaters that have had it. And uh, Finding Neverland was one that I I had to use it a lot. That crossover was pivotal for uh, especially Jack's performance. Uh, Peter, not so much. Peter's was kind of easy and was he was able to do all that stuff on stage and uh, be in the right place for the next cue. So that was great. And um, of course, Trevor, Trevor, that's kind of why I brought this up. Trevor, you, I don't know if it's going to be like this still, but when I did Trevor in Chicago, literally did not leave the stage, okay? I left it once, and it was to cross over because I had to change and make an entrance on the other side of the stage. Um, it was insane because while you're crossing over, you're literally changing and you're like running to place and you're like throwing shirts and pants and whatever. It's just madness what people do uh, uh, during a performance when they're off stage. Like I said many times on this podcast, it's literally a sh another show backstage. So uh, that's what a crossover is. It's pivotal in a lot of performances and some of theaters that don't have it, it's like even harder. And you may notice like, if a main character isn't on a sh on the stage for a long time and uh, they appear on the other side of the stage next entrance, it could be because they had to delay it for a crossover. Like in Finding Neverland, we actually had to like have little bits added to delay some of the parts that so that people could get dressed or people could cross over and do all these crazy things because too many people were using the crossover at once and it was going to be dangerous. So we had to keep delaying and make the scenes longer or add a little bit or something. It's just wild what goes into it. And that's what uh, solidifies the show. And that's what you see and you don't even realize, you know, it's just crazy. So uh, that's what the crossover is. And that wraps up this week's episode. Thank you all so much for listening to episode 61 of Take a Bow. And I hope you'll join us next week for an incredible episode with a Jimmy Award finalist. He's currently in Jagged Little Pill. I don't know if I just gave it away. I didn't say the name, so maybe not. 
Um, and uh, it's it's a great, great one. And he has a very exciting announcement also that he makes on the podcast. So stay tuned next week, next Thursday. I hope to see you all there. And until then, bye, everyone. Have a great week. For this episode's curtain call, I would like to recognize a few people who also deserve to take a bow. This podcast would not be possible without the help from Dory Berenstein, Brittany Bigelow, Katie Rosen, Alan Seals, and the team at the Broadway Podcast Network. Next in line to take a bow is Tessie Tokash, who edits the audio and all the visuals for this podcast. A special thanks to patrons Brian Thompson, Pat McNamara, the listeners at PCC, as well as all of the other patrons for their continued support. If you're interested in becoming a patron, go to patreon.com slash TAB. And if you enjoyed this week's episode, don't forget to subscribe on the platform that you're currently listening to this on. Also, feel free to give us a follow on Instagram at TakeAboutPodcast. TakeAbout's logo is designed by Giselle Bustos, and the music is by Nikki Torsha and Cormac Collinon. Bye, everyone. Hope to see you next week. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.